Welcome to Their Past, Our Future podcast. I am thrilled today to have Victor Garcia, a physical therapist working in South Florida. He is also one of my biggest mentors and a huge reason why I am as passionate about physical therapy as I am today. And a big reason why I'm doing the podcast and creating my Instagram, Mr. Kinesiology and other things like that. And uh, Victor has been an awesome influence on me and just want to say thanks so much for being here today victor no thank you for having me on um it's cool to like like see you as you were mentioning like back in the day when you were um interning with us at leading pt um i remember you asked us about all that stuff like should you build a, a brand and then now i think you have a bigger following than leading pt does and then we've <laughs> had you on our podcast so it's kind of cool to see like um your growth through that whole process too um and then obviously nice that now i get to meet joey and see you guys in physical therapy school like I was recently. Um, it's cool to kind of like pass the torch. Um, so I appreciate it. It's like honoring to not only be a guest as like someone you want to talk to, because obviously that's an honor in itself, but to be able to see it on, you know, your show, like that's, uh, it's pretty cool to have been part of that process and get you to this point. Heck yeah, man. Leading PT definitely was huge for me and so many other students. And we're very thankful. That was a thing. But I just want to start off uh, by asking you, What's something that you're grateful for today? Um, today, this well, definitely my wife comes to mind first and foremost. Um, she's it's it's not easy, I guess, going through you know PT school, having you know leading PT as a side company, then going full time job. Um, she works she works her butt off, like she's got three jobs right now, and then um, I got my first job out of PT school. I was just mentioning to you guys, it's a crazy story, but quit after three weeks that's got to be stressful for her and you know to put up with that I have her working three jobs and I can't stand my job for more than three weeks um to find a better one um she's always there like by my side throughout the whole process so um definitely grateful for her um couldn't ask for anyone better to spend this life with and she's like extremely supportive um to the point that like I feel bad because it's like I don't know how someone can maintain that level of support um, all the time. So um, yeah, definitely good for my wife, my job, my my dog, my family, um, my current situation. Everything about life right now is is going pretty well. Wow, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's a very common uh, denominator between people, like just to have an awesome, significant other, like you know, pushing us forward. Like I know Joey and I have very supportive girlfriends and we're making it pretty well and you know um you especially and are they also in pt school with you guys no so mine wants to get into pt school um okay she's worked toward that right and uh my girlfriend uh her her name is kay she's actually a pediatric nurse in dallas area yeah well i I think you know my wife's a a nurse too um in pediatrics also uh, but here, South Florida, obviously. And then uh, for Joey, I mean, tell your girlfriend. I know you guys can help her, but let her know. Leading PT, we got her. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry. I'll, pl- I'll plug it up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
So just to kick things off, um, what inspired you to become a physical therapist? Um, long story that I'll try to summarize pretty quick, but, um, so I was always like raised with the mentality for my family to become a doctor as in like an MD. So specifically becoming a medical doctor, like that was it, um, to the point that it was like in high school, I was just like assuming I was going to become an orthopedic surgeon because if I'm going to be a doctor, I might as well be a doctor in something that I enjoy. My grandmother was like, oh, you're going to do organ transplants and stuff like this. And I was just kind of forced into this path. Um, so I was like, well, I like sports. I like ortho. Um, I can be an ortho surgeon and please everybody and, you know, have a good paying job and I'll be happy. And then, you know, reality kicks in when you get into college. And then I'm now a, at this point, a sophomore, maybe junior, not like a sophomore. And I'm getting to the reality that next year I should probably be taking my MCAT to apply to medical school. And I was like, okay, this is actually getting pretty real. Um, I was at that time working in a hospital, just on that path of like learning how to become a doctor and getting the feel for like what that life is like. And so I get hit with this reality that I actually have to take this MCAT soon and start prepping to get into medical school. And I'm realizing that all the doctors that I worked with in surgery at the hospital that I was in, um, they didn't really have a lot of time for their families and stuff and see their kids. And they would talk about like, oh, this is an event, but they're on call and they haven't seen their wife in a while or half of them were not half, that's exaggerating, but a lot of them were either divorced or paying for like child support. And it's just like, that's not, I'm a very family person. And I was like, I don't know if this is a trend here or if this is something to say for all of medicine. But I was like, I don't know that I like the career that much to even risk not having time for myself or my family. So I started looking to see if I really did like this career because you don't have to do it every single day. So I started looking around. My uncle's a physical therapist. I shadowed him for a little bit, fell in love with the idea of working with athletes like that because, again, I liked orthopedic surgery. So I was like, well, instead of me doing the surgery, I can rehab them after the surgery. Um, it gives me that, that blend of like the stuff that I love being ortho and sports um, without maybe that commitment in terms of job and time. So I went down that route a little bit, switched departments at the hospital to go into the acute care rehab center. Um, wasn't super fond of acute care, but I still like the idea of sports and whatnot. So pursued more outpatient settings. And then from there, I just felt like this was for me and pursued it heavily. So my, it actually took me five years to get my undergrad degree because of prereqs and whatnot in that switch. Um, I switched majors like three times. So then eventually, yeah, I just went all in on PT and never looked back. And it's been a great decision ever since. Nice. I feel like it's actually kind of common for a lot of people to kind of switch that route, like from MD or something like that to physical therapy. So actually, um, when I was studying, I had all of my undergrad, like the people that I was studying with for my classes, all of them were dentists. And none of them switched, but I couldn't find anybody, which I wish, like I didn't have a community for like, of pre-PTs that I can go through this route with. So I was on my own for the last two years. And I wish because I, I feel like what you're saying is true. I ended up finding out later that there's a lot of people who ended up switching to PT. Hardly anyone, I think, not hardly, but the, the vast majority of people that become physical therapists, I feel like that wasn't like, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Like it's, and mm -hmm. for most jobs, I doubt that that's the case. Like we start to experiment and see what we like. And then eventually we land on one that we love. But like that, I felt like I was alone. I was like, I don't know anyone that wants to be a physical therapist and I'm trying to get this process done. But I was just in the wrong groups. They didn't know what the resources were. And I was found switching and being surrounded by dentists. None of them switched to PT. So it was just like very isolated for me. Um, but I feel like you're right. Now, then I got into PT school and I see a lot of people that they were either wanting to be, you know, dentists, doctors, um, 
and I say doctors as in MDs, we're doctors too. But um, you know what I mean? Like things like that, everybody kind of switches because they realize that maybe they were chasing money or whatnot. And then afterwards realize that lifestyle is important too. There has to be a blend. Yeah. Like for me personally, so I graduated in food science. Like that's something a lot of people haven't heard of, but I just went for it because I knew I could get a job just like with four years and as I went through my undergrad, I was like, wait, you know, I would consider getting a master's or something like that. And then I just, my entire like perspective changed kind of like how yours did. So it was, I don't know, it was just kind of cool to see that unfold. And then I kind of agree with you on like the whole like community thing. It was tough for me to find one too. And I just kind of had to scour Instagram through like leading PT and just various other pages just to kind of find my ground and find like, for lack of a better term, home, you know? Were you in part of the group before applying, like Ethan was, as I know Ethan, for example? Just kept my eye on it. I wasn't part of the group per se. I was just an observer. Okay. And I'm not taking it personal. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on, um, what are or what are some things about like your early life that shaped you to become who you are today? Not just Victor, the physical therapist, but like Victor, the person. Um, so going back to some of that, like family influences to... Um, pursue like becoming a medical doctor and not really having like a say there that uh I had already like shaped this mindset of like okay well my path is to have practices like a medical practice have my own thing and then knew that I had to come with business aspects and stuff too and then um when I switched I was thinking well I can do that for physical therapy as well so personally, like I always knew like self-development was huge. I like sports. I like team playing. Um, like I played football in high school and whatnot. So I guess all of that like led to me being interested in business, health, um, community, um, communicating. I actually had like growing up um, a really like big, uh, I got to word this like um, insecurity, I guess, of like speaking which is awkward to say now because not awkward, but funny, I guess. Cause like, I'm on a, I'm on a podcast. I'm on your show. I have a podcast um, as you guys know. So then I had like this insecurity of speaking because I talk fast and then mumble. No one can understand me. I'm always repeating myself. And then I'm like already, I used to be so nervous to even like choose something to say, like to actually put myself out there and, and have like a hard point that I would hate to have to say it twice. And then that would make me not want to talk at all. So I was either really quiet or when I'm put on the spot to, to say something, I'm like talking too fast or mumbling. So it's still something I deal with today, but that's actually become like things that I'm confident in saying now where it's like, this is stuff that I work on. So then really all of that to say that I guess where I'm at now is like, all I believe in is growth. Like I want to be um, bigger when it comes to like, like my own health and fitness uh, growth, when it comes to leading PT growth in my own, in my own job. Like I, picked a job that was not secure in any in any way like it's a growing business they couldn't offer me a salary right away I probably get paid the least of all of the people I graduated with but because I knew there was growth there I wasn't just chasing a paycheck I want growth so it's only been two months now that I've been there and I I have no complaints I love it like I love where I'm at the people that I'm with so I've all that is to say that I've just chased growth and not like at the expense of anything else you know what I mean like family influences like no I want to grow in the way that I want to grow um, and if that doesn't make someone happy, then it is what it is. And I've surrounded myself with great people that have either really accepted it strongly and encouraged it even, or, um, they accept me for who I am and we have a good relationship. And then other people, I guess, um, there was like family issues there with, with what I decided to do in my life, but, um, it's all worked out in the end. So growth has never stirred me wrong. Heck yeah, man. That's pretty powerful. I think it's really cool how, uh, 
you're choosing, you know, growth initially over, you know, the higher salary, because I feel like that growth is going to be an exponential um, mm-hmm. part of you and, and maybe even your salary eventually or some <laughs> financial reward. But, you know, uh, delayed gratification is huge in later success in life. So that's, Darn. You definitely, you hope that you don't regret it ever, right? Like you make these decisions that are too based on growth and then you hope that it's a, it's the right choice and it's never been the wrong choice for me. So I don't want to tell everyone like, Hey, take a less salary because you'll learn more. Like you may not, you never know. So it has to be the right decision for you and the things that you want in your life. Um, so it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, salary or, um, whatever it is that you want in your job as a physical therapist. Like if you can find something that, that allows you to grow the way that you want to grow, maybe it is only financial. That's fine. Like I'm not going to bash you because all you care about is the money. That's, that's fine and dandy, but it's very hard to find someone that did physical therapy just for the money as is. So I usually don't talk about that, but if there's something you want to grow in, find a spot that'll help you grow. And I think you'll be okay. It's awesome, man. But I want to talk a little bit about uh, leading PT and, you know, what's going on with leading PT today? Um, it's, so there's a, okay, let me, let me see how much I want to say about this. So I don't know if you've noticed on your own that it's been kind of inactive recently. Um, there's been, I know Jose was on the show recently or a couple of months ago, and then I doubt this went into it, but so there was kind of, and I don't know how much I can say at this point, but there was kind of um, a time where Jose and I weren't sure what was going to happen with leading PT. And it was because we got really busy. So he obviously, as you guys know, opened up his own practice mm-hmm. and that takes a bunch of time out of his day. Um, he's going all in on himself and which is great. Again, growth, like I'm all about that. And then it just had to come to a reality where like he needs to divide time for his business, for himself, his mental sanity, for his wife and the rest of his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, it was like, I don't know how much time I have to offer to leading PT because there's things that he needs to put ahead of that. Um, just in life. Like it is what it is. And I understand that too. So then it became me trying to figure out how I can juggle it without him. And then as of recently, um, and I I hope it doesn't mind me saying this stuff, but as of recently, it became a thing where it was like him toying with the idea of having to step away from leading PT altogether and asking if like, I would be willing to just take it on by myself and continue it or let it shut down. And so that's been the last like month or two has been me transitioning into my life as a physical therapist, understanding how much time I actually have to do this by myself, um, like completely without him and not much help. Kelsey helps us tremendously, mm-hmm. but I mean like all the back end stuff, like just managing a company, cause that's what it is at the end of the day. It is a company um, because we need a license to be able to do this stuff. Um, and the services we provide, like there's a lot that goes into that to have to do it by yourself. So I've been deciding how, what capacity that I can actually maintain this and make it that it's worth keeping rather than trying to, you know, point someone else in a direction of someone that can help them better that has more time for these people. So um, right now with leading PT, I have a feeling I know where it's going to go pretty soon, like within the next week or so, there should be like some pretty definitive answers on that, but I don't know that I can say it right now. Um, I'm not, I don't know that I'm allowed to say a lot of it. And then with Jose and whatnot, like, um if he wants to put that out there yet but yeah it looks like as of right now the biggest thing is that if it continues it will be just me and if it doesn't um then it doesn't so we don't know right now but i think within the next week or two we'll know for sure um i'm leaning towards keeping it alive but uh we'll see right if you're listening to this in like a couple of months just search us and see if we're available (laughs) then you know what the answer was (laughs) right 
I mean, you know, leading PT, like you guys put an insane amount of work into it. Obviously, you guys have 99 podcast epi- episodes. Um, That's driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm like, where's the hundred? <laughs> uh, and insane amount of Instagram posts, like constantly putting out information to help your PTs. And regardless, that information is always out there to help pre-PTs succeed in what they want to do. And most of that stuff is evergreen advice to like, it's uh, motivational and inspirational. And it's a lot about learning how to communicate with other people, which is a huge thing. And so mm-hmm. whatever happens with leading PT, uh, the information will always be out there. The group will always be there. So that's- Yeah, awesome. I, I appreciate that like tremendously because that's really what it was all about. Um, and hopefully it continues to be like that. But um yeah, it's just right now we're trying to figure things out because like you said, like, well, like we talked about earlier, like I'm all about growth and, and Jose and I, we went all in on this because we don't do anything that's going to be subpar. Like we're not trying to be average with anything. So it's either like we can do this to the highest level or we can't, um, or we won't because we're not going to try to just put something else, something out there that's, you know, not our all. So that's where we're like, okay, I'm not going to be known for mediocrity. Um, So we're trying to decide like, whether this would be mediocre going forward because if it is and it's not worth wasting someone's time for it so um i'm trying to decide if i can make sure that this stays you know leading basically um and just being exceptional always so um it's probably going to fall on me going forward um and then kelsey if she's willing to help so um we'll see what happens all right i'll appreciate that answer uh just to kind of close off like kind of talk on leading pt what's been some of the What's been some of the most rewarding things about leading PT? And definitely build- getting that that message or voice note or phone call from a student telling me they got into their top choice school. Um, especially when I deal with students who have been like, you know, either waitlisted for months beforehand, or even this is their second or third time applying, and then they finally found leading PT, and we can talk them through it. Um, getting that, that text where it's like, and a screenshot of their acceptance email has been, I mean, that's extremely rewarding in and of itself. And that's where like, again, I mentioned it's a business, but when you get messages like that, it's like, I would do this for free just to help people get into the profession. Because a big part of leading BT is like, I don't, I don't care about your stats coming in. Like whether you had a rough freshman and sophomore year in undergrad, like I don't want it to matter because if you're passionate about PT, then I want to make sure you're going to get in because that means you'll be a passionate therapist. Like part of why it's called leading PT, at least in my opinion, I've talked to Jose about this because he named it before I really jumped on. And I was like, okay, that's the name of the group, whatever. Um, For me, it kind of meant like we are leading the profession in in the right direction. So starting from the ground level, being students that are pre-PTs that want to become SPTs, that want to become DPTs, like getting those people who are passionate and actually care about this profession and making sure it's amazing rather than just getting a job because they think it pays decent and whatever, it's like up their alley in terms of what they want to do for a living. Like that's not who I want to help. I want to help people that are going to move this forward. So if you don't have the best GRE score, but you have the best intentions for this profession, I want to get you into PT school. So again, like when I can help someone do that against all odds, against people that maybe had better credentials that, um, that look better on paper, but just aren't there 
you know, with the passion that somebody else might have with lower credentials, like I want to help that lower credentialed student get into PT school because in the long run, like that's, who's going to help patients, not the person with the better GRE score. Like it's going to be the person that has a passion for this, that wants to see people get better, that wants to help people that wants to look at the research, do all the up-to-date stuff. Like if I can get them into PT school and prove to programs like, Hey, they're worth it, regardless of the GPA, regardless of the GRE. um, And then I get that message saying, Hey, it worked. I'm in then I know that I'm doing good for not just that student, but their future patients too. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, that must be really awesome to hear. I know I was super excited to send you a text whenever I found out I got in PT school too. Yeah, I remember I was laying, I'm, I'm in my room now. I was laying in bed. It was pretty late for me going to sleep. Um, I go to bed really early. It wasn't like a late, like don't feel bad. But I remember I was going to bed and I got that text from you and I was like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so kind of switching gears a little bit to like kind of pro- productivity because I know you personally have inspired my productivity a lot during undergrad. I just want to ask what systems or routines have you cultivated over the years, like during PT school to maximize your productivity? Yeah, I actually remember um, when you were doing the, cause you were the first round of interns we had with leading PT, you were in that group. And then I wanted to make a productivity thing for you guys, like a training. I think you might've been the only one that watched it because it was a group before you. And I don't remember if everyone did. I asked in a meeting and I think some of them were like, oh, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, so with that, that's, that's honestly what I've, I've kind of stuck with and it's worked with me. So um, just to share it to listeners, like um, one thing, and this will be more in detail than what I went through in the training, but I'll get to that now. So I know one thing that I do a lot now is I go to sleep early and I get up early. Um, I talked about it in the training too, where it's like, I don't snooze my alarm because I want to start my day winning. So if I know everyone in the world, roughly not everybody, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not just even in the country. It's not just in physical therapy. It's like everyone is snoozing their alarms and just like half sleeping because you're not really getting a good rest at that point. You're just, you're just pushing off having to get up. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to push that off. So I'm not going to snooze my alarm. I'm going to get off, get up as soon as it goes off. I'm not going to set it 30 minutes earlier so that I can snooze for 30 minutes and then get up eventually. I'm going to get the rest that I need, go to sleep early, and I'm going to get up as soon as that alarm hits, right? Um, so that's one thing. Like I start my day winning because I know everyone else isn't doing that. So just from the get-go, like I'm checking off my box and saying, hey, I'm, I'm winning today. Um, another thing is like I start, my, I, I start my day with usually a list of things that I need to do that day. So I don't like making long, extensive lists. I like to do like, like you have your routine. Like I know I got to be at work from some time to another time. Like that's just is what it is. But outside of that, like, what am I doing in terms of growth? Like I'll try to make a list of two or three things that I absolutely need to get done today. And depending on like for you as a student, maybe if you're listening to this, like maybe you have a paper to write. Well, that means for the next week or so, you're going to block off and you'll put it on your list of three things. Like you're going to block off an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever you need in order to do that a little bit at a time. It works. It doesn't work as well with that, but that's kind of how an example I would do it. What it works better at is like, let's say I wanted, I'll just use leading PT as an example. I want to send an email today about this topic. Okay, fine. I'm going to make sure I send an email today. I want to do a live video in the Facebook group. Okay, fine. I'll make sure I do that. And I need to edit the podcast. Okay, cool. Those are the three things I need to do today. If I can do that three, it's a productive day rather than me making myself a long list of stuff for the entire week. And then I don't get anything done and I feel like a failure. And it's just like, I, I overwhelm myself and, you know, I didn't get to my expectations. If I can do three things every single day for an entire year, that would be a pretty productive year outside of my, my general routine, obviously. Um, so I don't include like working out and that, like, that's like an expectation for me, but I think people, they put too much on their plate. 
at one time and then a week goes by where they do nothing because they just like overwhelm themselves and you know it's a daunting process to do too much too soon so um that's something that i do for productivity um I'll leave it at that, I guess. I don't want to overwhelm people, but if you can put those systems in your place, like go to bed early, get up early, don't snooze the alarm, make your bed in the morning, um, just like make a habit, get a routine. Um, I think that'll be really good for you. Um, there's also a book I recommend, like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. That'll that'll probably help you too. Um, just getting into like a routine and changing your mindset about things. Okay, yeah, that's great. I know uh, I've actually been using, uh, you know, three to five goals for each day. I write them down before I go to sleep every night. And so right when I wake up, I know I have things to attack. So I've been, I kind of modified that a little bit from kind of what you taught me, but that's kind of like what works for me. So um, that's been super, super helpful for me for these past two, three years. I have like two or three journals filled out from just goals for my day. It's very uh, helpful in accomplishing things. So I appreciate that. No, no, my pleasure. And you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be three things. Like if you want it to be five, you can be five, but I like three because I feel like it's not overwhelming. So, I mean, it could be two, it could be one, but then at one, like, I think you can do more. So, yeah. <laughs> and you're up early and go to bed early. Like I always know this is like well-rested. I can always hear his alarm going off and like by then he's already like up and at him, like got breakfast made and I'm just like still rubbing sleep on my own. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely give you a love hate like with, with Ethan pretty quick as a roommate. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I also want to ask, should we as PT students consider starting side hustles? I know you've kind of had a side hustle during a PT school with leading PT, but I also want to ask, or is making money a concern for another day? So if the side hustle is only about making money, um, it'll be tough, right? And you have to ask yourself like why you want to do the side hustle. Um, because if it is only about making money, then sure. But you can also get a part-time job that's going to be less headache than, you know, your side hustle. Because your side hustle will make you, especially at first, like it'll make you very little money and cost you a lot of time. So you have to ask yourself why. If you just want some money on the side, then sure, go get a part-time job that you can manage with your school schedule. Um, and because I'm talking to you guys, so I'm, I'm speaking as like an SPT um, before becoming a PT. But I like the side hustle stuff because one, it's rewarding if you do something you like. So again, like you have to ask yourself why you're doing it. So if you just want more money, go get a job um, or a second job, I should say, um, on, on top of physical therapy or part-time or whatever, another physical therapy job. But if you have another passion outside of physical therapy that you think you can pursue or help other people pursue something because of your passion of that, then definitely side hustle. And then if you help enough people, the money will come. So if you don't do it for money, it's probably a good idea because it's not going to be easy. It gets tough, which again, like I'm right here telling you guys pretty honestly that I don't know what's going to happen with leading PT. If it was just about the money, um, I probably wouldn't do it because I don't make a lot of money off leading PT. But again, it's, it's a part of me that I like, I enjoy it. It's, it's, you know, I have like a little bit of a passion for it. I get a lot of reward out of it. So um, that kind of drives me to want to continue it. So it depends what you want, like what your goal is in that side hustle as to whether or not you should do it. Um, making money is always a concern. You'll never have enough of it, right? There's all, there's always room for more. Um, no one turns away money. Cause like, ah, I have too much money. I don't, I don't want it. Um, I mean, at the very least you can take it and give it to charity after that. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to just turn away money. So, um, it's, it's never a concern for another day. It's always going to be a concern for every day because no matter how much you have, you'll always want more of it. And if you don't have any of it, you're definitely going to want more of it and figure out a way to do it. But if you have a passion for something else, then you can combine the two. 
rather than just chasing the dollars because again, it, it won't ever fill that void or that need or whatever it is you're looking for. Just making a lot of money won't give it to you. You have to figure out a way to make that money in a way that you like. Um, something that's rewarding that even if the money wasn't there, that you would still enjoy doing, which like, for example, for you guys at this podcast, I don't know if you guys are making money off this, but I assume you guys like it. So if you like it, keep going. If you start making money off of it, even better, right? Get some advertisers on here. That's great. It um, pays and smiles. What's that? It pays and smiles. Yeah, exactly. Um, you meet some new people. Um, some jerks too, probably every now and then, but you meet some new people. So um, yeah, it's, it's a cool experience. And if you like it, you like it. So then you just run with it. Heck yeah, appreciate that. If we like it, let's do it. Um, another question, uh, what are skills we should be developing during PT school to set us out, to set ourselves up to be more lucrative in life? Good question. Um, I always hated the idea of like just going to school to be a therapist and not focusing on any other personal development stuff on the side. Like just going all in, like I want to be a great physical therapist, so I'm going to go all in on school. I never liked that idea because the whole point of physical therapy school is to graduate and be competent, like to be able to treat everyone that you see, not just like be the best. You want to strive to be the best. And I don't want to say that and then turn people off like, oh, well, I just need to not kill somebody and then I'm fine. I don't care if I get a C in my classes. That's not what I mean. But you don't need to like, like say you can't live your life because I need to study and get 100% on every one of my exams, like to get literally 100 every single time. Like that's just unrealistic and you're not going to become the greatest, the greatest physical therapist doing that. So I think better spent would be time in other personal development stuff. So communication, reading books, and again, depending on what you want in life, like maybe you have business aspirations, start to learn business stuff, um, talk to people, get in your community. I'll tell you that where I'm working now, like the owner, he's, he's so connected because he just, he likes to talk to people and he knows so many people. And half of my evaluations are just friends of his that reach out. And it's just like, hey, I'm, I want to support your business. And I also could use like some pain relief here. Um, you have someone that can see me. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So, and it's just because of that, like he's gotten to the community. He's not selfish. He wants to help people. And eventually that comes back and, and turn to him. So if you're good at communicating, if uh, another book recommendation, how to win friends and influence people. Mm. I feel like if you can instill those like habits in yourself and try to put people first, you know, as simple as in the book, they talk about smiling, things like that. There's a lot that you can, instill in your life that will make you a better person and better the people around you. And you don't just get that from the books. Like you have to do it. And that takes time. Go out and get an internship, start to meet other people in the profession. That'll pay you later on too. Like I had a job offer before I even took my board exam and it's because I started doing stuff like that. So um, I think personal development is, is excellent. And if you want to end up being a great physical therapist, you can't do it by yourself for the most part. You're going to learn from somebody. Um, you can read all the literature in the world, but there's always going to be someone that you can learn from and get better because of. And you're not just going to like have them offer that help to you. You have to go and meet them, help them um, be supportive of other people. And eventually like you'll start to get these links and connections for um, different people around the country that are willing to help you, but wouldn't have known who you were because you were stuck you know, in your textbooks and in the classroom all the time and not talking to people and getting the community and growing as a person. So yeah, definitely. I think it's worth it to, to do some personal development on the side as a student. Yeah, that's great. You know, great physical therapists are multidimensional. So, I mean, one thing that I've kind of pondered upon is like working on my public speaking skills, um, going to like Toastmasters club, and I know they work on public speaking there. So I think that'd be maybe a good place for other students to start too. What's your, what's your goal with the, with the public speaking? Like, why do you want to get better at that? 
Uh, someday I may want to uh, branch out as a motivational speaker. <laughs> okay, there you go. So as long as there's something you're interested in, like grow in that aspect. So if you're interested in becoming like a motivational speaker of some sort, um, then yeah, absolutely. Take some stuff, get work towards that. Um, so that's why I asked, like, again, like I never saw myself having a podcast or being on shows or doing Facebook videos. I probably wish I, not probably, I do wish that I had done a little bit more personal development and communication. And like you're saying, personal speaking, because I didn't know this was going to happen for me, but if you don't have a passion for something like that, then I wouldn't do it. And you do. So, and I only ask because I'm curious to see like what your end goal was. I know you have one um, or I knew you had one. So I was curious what it was, but yeah, like you have to know why you're growing in that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just wasting time on things that you're not interested in. And that won't help you get to where you want to be. And that's a waste of time in your life. And you only live once life's too short. So pick and choose what you want to be good at and then crush it. Like go all in on that thing. YOLO. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so kind of on, on the note of, um, kind of on a similar note, um, if you could go back to your first day of PT school, knowing what you know now, uh, what would you tell your former self? So trying to think back of what I, what I was like my first day of PT school, but <laughs> so I, I think also going into it. Yeah, actually I can kind of visualize myself pretty good right now. So going back to like literally my first day of PT school, I walked into this classroom knowing that I was the last student accepted into this class off the wait list. So there's, you've heard of imposter syndrome. I'm sure. I don't know if you've experienced any of that before. Um, you have Joey. Yeah. So um, that was like literally day one, hadn't even met a classmate. And I'm walking into this room feeling like I'm in the wrong class because I shouldn't have ever been accepted. And it was actually a joke in my school. I would, I was very honest with my classmates about that. And um, they would even joke like when one of the people in admissions would, would come and ask the professor something, they'd be like, oh, they're coming to let you know that they made a mistake and you weren't supposed to be accepted. So they would joke with me like that. So then um, anyway, going back to that first day, like I, I wish I knew that you know, everyone in this classroom is on the same page. Like none of us are great physical therapists. Um, I don't know how many of us will become great physical therapists, but we're all here for a reason. And we were meant to be here and we were all worth it. Regardless of you were the top pick off a wait list or the first student accepted the last pick off a wait list. Like we all made it here to this point for a reason. Um, and we earned that spot. So I wish that I had kind of, you know, known more about the fact that like, like I told you, like you go to school to become a competent physical therapist, not to become the best physical therapist. That's the goal of the program. And to get you to pass your board exam, not kill anybody, not make the profession look bad, get out there and then become great. So if I had gone into that with the mindset that I'm here and I'm going to do my best, but no one in this classroom is better than me. No one is worse than me. We're all equals. And we are only going to be as good as we allow ourselves to be and how much we push forward. Then everything from that point uh, before actually that first day, all that stuff leading up to that point doesn't matter anymore. Um, I have a clean slate and I have my future to write. So I wish I had known that more because I definitely had some serious imposter syndrome. Um, and it, and it kind of weighed on me a little bit. Like I felt like I wasn't supposed to be here and I was here thinking I was going to go to medical school and I could barely get into PT school. And I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I would say one's probably harder to get into than the other, right? Um, just credentials wise, and maybe the exams are harder and whatnot. So um, that was just something that I was like, man, who was, who was I to, to think this? And then eventually had to overcome that mentality of like, no, nah, you're worth it. Like you're here for a reason and you can get this done. It doesn't matter how long it took to get in. Um, so that was something like that. I think, um, I'd have a little more confidence in myself if I can do it over from the, from the first day. Definitely. And like on the note of impossible, I mean, like it's really hard not to sit there and for lack of a better term, judge yourself. I mean, just from what I've learned, like the more I do that, like the less 
confident and capable I am. So I totally agree with you on that. So yeah, you are your own worst enemy. Like you're going to be the person that talks yourself down the most and you have all these negative voices that go through your head and stuff that no one's ever said before, but you feel like it's true for no reason. Um, I've been there before. Like I get that. And I mean, you just have to be your, your best friend, like always, no matter what, like I believe in what you did, be confident in your decisions, be proactive, make decisions that, that, you know, are taking you in the right direction and just follow through with it. Um, because like, Hey, the only person that's going to support you is you at the end of the day. Um, there's always going to be, I mean, there are people that will support you, but I'm saying like, no one's going to agree with you on every single thing all the time. And that's perfectly fine. Like the only one that agrees with you hundred percent of the time is yourself. So don't be your worst enemy, like embrace that and say, okay, fine. Like I know I'm doing this for a reason and I'm going to fall through with that. Like, I don't care what other people think. Um, I'm not going to let that deter my confidence, like be confident in yourself. And eventually like, it's not, it's different from being cocky, like humble too, but be confident in what you're doing and why. Um, and then that confidence kind of follows through afterward, like just out in life, like being able to talk to people and um, not feel awkward or, or feel like you're being, I don't know, like an inconvenience on somebody. Like you're just there, you're just being friendly and it, it'll just, everything works out in the end. Most definitely. Um, so now kind of like to reverse the question, um, what is something you learned as a PT that PT school didn't prepare you for? Definitely insurance. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I mentioned before, so I, I, I didn't do your basic run-of-the-mill outpatient ortho because I like outpatient mm -hmm. ortho. So I didn't do like your basic like in-network insurance. And that's all my rotations were like that. So then coming out of PT school, I said that I didn't want to see more than, I mean, maybe two, max three patients in an hour. I don't know what it's like in Texas for the most part, but in Miami, like there's clinics that you're seeing four to six in an hour. And I decided that, yeah, like that quality of care is not what I want to provide. I don't want to be known for that. And it's not because you're a bad therapist. It's like you literally cannot provide good quality of care. Like I don't, I don't bash anybody for um, doing bad in that setting as a PT because you can't, like it's, it's impossible. So the only way I can figure out to do what I love, which is um, obviously treat at a high quality, um, I felt like I needed to be one-on-one -on -one. and being in network with insurance, it doesn't allow you to do that because you're going to cost the clinic more money than it is to pay you. So literally everywhere you work, you'll put them out of business because the insurance isn't reimbursed enough. So to see only one patient an hour. So then I had to figure out a way to do that, which was find a place that does prioritize that and is out of network with insurance, which was a totally new ball game in terms of like what we can build, how we can do that, how to get people to understand the quality, like paying cash for PT. Like you don't get taught that in school, how to convince somebody that PT um, saves them money, um, things like that. Like that's not stuff you learn in school. And luckily I am passionate about like business and whatnot. So I can see that part of it where it's like, yeah, I'm sorry to say, I mean, I'm not sorry. That's the point. Like I'm, I'm not apologetic when it comes to telling them how much this, this costs, like our service costs for cash. And I'm happily um, building insurance when I can, like depending on their benefits, like if I can build insurance, I will, but it's hit or miss. And I, that was something that I had to learn, like with insurance, like how that works, um, how to have that conversation and explain it to patients with how the insurance works. If they've never had out of network before, like they've been treated in an out of network setting, like I have to explain that to them. So I didn't learn a lot of that in PT school, but luckily I, I did know some of the business stuff and um, understanding that PT does save people money. So I don't, I, I can tell someone how much it costs unapologetically at this point, which was helpful in the setting that I'm in now. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. And another thing I'll say actually is that if you don't believe, like, let's say 
you work in a place like I do where I'll tell you honestly, like our individual, like if you just want to buy one session of rehab, there's packages to make it cheaper. So hardly anyone pays this, but I'll tell you, we charge $155 a session for rehab for one PT session. So if you don't believe that that's worth their time to pay, that you can, you don't believe that you can help them, that, that your session is worth that, then you're going to feel really uncomfortable and like apologetic. Like I I'm sorry to, to like rob your money like this. But if you know that what you're going to provide to them, like you're going to make sure that you provide more value than that price and you're going to save the money and you're going to see them less times. Um, you're going to give them your phone number. And I say this because this is what I do. And I'm going to give them extensive exercise program so they don't have to see me that much. So a lot of my patients I see at max like six visits and that's it. Um, because my goal is to save them money and time. So yes, it's per session. It looks expensive, but it's not just the 60 minutes that I'm with you one-on-one. -on -one. It's the rest of your life that you can call me and text me from here on out. So um, that's where I kind of say like, you have to be confident in the service you're providing because otherwise you're going to feel like you're robbing someone other money. And it's really not true. If you feel that, that way though, like if you really don't feel confident that you're going to be able to provide a service that is more valuable than what they're paying for it, then yeah, you're robbing somebody. Um, but so that just means that you have to raise the, your quality, like the quality of care that you provide, the quality of therapist that you are, get on the research, figure out what's best for them. Otherwise it's, you're better off sending them somewhere else to somebody that's more qualified. And that's a tough thing to have to, you know, admit to yourself, like, I'm not qualified enough to do this. So you don't want to find yourself in that position. So you always want to elevate yourself and your quality of treatment. Heck yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's really motivational. Uh, get that knowledge up, get that application of knowledge up too, more importantly. And I mean, you know, if, you know, six sessions of $150, I'm not a big math person and <laughs> I don't know around $900 but uh you so know actually what I was going to say is we rarely charge anyone that because we'll do packages so if I know it's going to we have packages of six and ten so six will make it 135 a session and mm -hmm. ten will make it 115 a session so it goes down $20 each time because it's like hey if you commit to me we'll make it cheaper for you mm, okay I see that so oh. it ends up being like for six is like 810 and then for 10 is the 100 and 1150 okay okay um, but I guess the alternative to that is, you know, going to the doctor, getting a $2,000 MRI, finding out you got to get a $5,000 surgery. And, you know, so physical therapy definitely saves the system money yeah, and it empowers you as well. So no, hundred percent. And I had a patient um, recently that um, they had rehab already a month out of surgery went initially to a certain place and they were, they, they came to me like, Oh, I went to my doctor, my follow-up after a month of rehab and doctor was super pissed off about the results of the elbow, elbow range of motion after surgery. It was an elbow surgery. So then, um, and he's like, Oh, and then he sent me here. So then he's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess they do group therapy there. I was like, what do you mean they do group therapy? And he's like, yeah, my therapist saw six people in an hour. And I was like, that's not group. It's not, it's not group therapy. They're just <laughs> overbooked. So I had to explain it to him. And I was like, your doctor sent you here because we see you one-on-one -on -one and I'm going to be really hands-on with you. So then actually they ended up moving to Tampa after about a month and a half of working with me. Not like a month, a month of working with me. That's the one time I saw somebody more than twice a week in all the time that I've been working at this place in the last two months. Um, so yeah, like a month into working with me, they wanted to move to Tampa for like a significant other. And I sent them to my classmate because I knew they were in a similar setting where they'll prioritize this person. So I got to, it was kind of cool to have to like be able to pick and choose where I want this person to go for treatment. And anyway, long story short, like I saved the guy's surgery because um, he was going to have to go under either 
um, manipulation under anesthesia, or if that still didn't work and rehab wasn't working, then reoperate or just leave it as is. So he didn't want to go under anesthesia again. So again, like that one-on-one care, that quality care, and actually like spending time with your patients a little bit more can save them a bunch of money because otherwise he has to go under anesthesia and pay for that. And that's expensive. Right. Yeah. Appreciate you breaking that down for us. Mm-hmm. But we just want to close off the interview with the one final question. Uh, it's a little bit different than the way we normally ask it since, uh, you know, you're Victor and you work with uh, the PT. Okay. Uh, normally we ask, what is your definition of a great, of a great physical therapist? We'll ask you, what is your definition of a leading physical therapist? And then I kind of like that. So I listen to Lewis Howes a lot and I don't know if that's where you kind of picked this up from, but I like that question because he yes, has his yeah. interviews with like, what's your definition of greatness? I like that. Um, but for, I guess then a leading physical therapist, um, so going back to what I said, like what leading PT means to me, um, it's kind of like, it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best physical therapist. It doesn't mean that, um, I mean, yeah, just essentially, it doesn't mean that you're the best physical therapist. It means that you're the one that's most passionate about it and mm-hmm. is going to figure out a way to help a patient. So, um, whether it's in physical therapy or not, like if you're doing things that you're passionate about, I'm sure, you know, it'll, it'll work out in the end, but if you're not doing things that you're passionate about and you're actually like, let's say for PT, like charging people money for that then yes, that's, that's robbery. Like that's not, that's not what they're here for. That's not why they're paying you. Um, that's not why this, this clinic offered you your job. Like you're, you should be wanting to give exceptional care. So going back to like, like with leading PT again, like if I can find people who are passionate and then want to move the profession forward, want to grow as a person, not just in the clinic, but in life, um, want to help, you know, their colleagues want to help patients, um, want to grow together as a group then that's someone that I think is a leading physical therapist because regardless of what what grades they got in PT school, um, regardless of how long it took them to get into PT school and how bad their GRE scores were, the GPAs, like if you're going to help patients the best of your ability, then you're a leading physical therapist in my opinion. Mm, That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, Victor, it's been a pleasure to meet with you and talk with you. Um, What's a good way we can, or we, um, followers or social or people on social media can reach out to you and how our listeners can learn more from you. Yeah, I'm pretty, um, I'm trying to be more active on Instagram in terms of posting, but I, uh, I see all my messages on Instagram. So if you want to search me there, it's Victor Garcia dot DPT. So period DPT, um, Facebook too. If you're pre PT, definitely leading PT, um, at leading PT, um, or pre dash PT mentorship on Facebook. That's the group there. Um, but yeah, Instagram is usually, um, the easiest, um, honestly, if you want to shoot me an email, you can Victor Garcia, DPT at gmail.com. Um, that's totally fine if you have any questions. So yeah, I'm pretty easily accessible. Um, I answer just about everything. So yeah. And it was a pleasure to meet you guys, especially, um, not meet you guys, but meet you, Joey, obviously <laughs> I know you Ethan from before. So, um, yeah, uh, pleasure to, to be on the show with you guys too. Um, you guys are doing big things, great things. And honestly, um, I know that with the premise of the show, like their past, our future, I haven't been a physical therapist for that long. It's only been about six months. And again, like, yes, two jobs and whatnot, but, um, there's not a whole lot to learn from me in terms of physical therapy, I guess, but I know you'll have great guests on the show that you guys, even as first year students are going to learn a lot from. Um, soak that in, re-listen to your episodes if you have to with the great guests you have, because you're going to have a library of resources here, a lot of different opinions that even as a physical therapist that you can go back to and listen in on um, to get some advice, depending on what situation you're in in your life. So um, great premise of the show. I love that you guys are doing this. You guys are going to be leaders too, um, just based on the growth mindset that you guys have. 
Um, so yeah, I look forward to seeing what the future has in store for you guys. Heck yeah, man. We, we really appreciate that. And we just want to acknowledge you for all the hard work you do and for all the leaders that you develop in this field. So thanks so much for coming on, man. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you all once again for listening to another episode of Their Past, Our Future podcast. I'm so thankful for you guys listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, message us on Instagram, and make sure you guys go listen to Victor's podcast, Leading PT Podcast, and follow Victor on Instagram. That information will be in the show notes. Have an awesome day.